Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marvel Guys Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and on my left is my co-host, Spencer. How are we today? Oh, man. Pretty good. Uh, Finals over. Everything's kind of coming to a halt, but Marvel stuff is picking up, so it's like the perfect timing right now. We've got... Episode four review of Hawkeye, and we'll talk a little bit about our our thoughts for episode five. That's coming out shortly, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. Episode five is going to be hopefully that typical episode five that we've seen from these TV series, so I'm very excited. Uh, first thing I wanted to address was uh, why is AJ uh, left a comment on the Apple podcast and I very much noticed what you were saying with uh, audio on the previous episode. I did not uh, balance the voices between the two of us uh, like I usually do and I didn't even notice it the first time I listened to it. But once you said it, I went back and heard it and usually what we pride ourselves with at the very least with this crazy content is good audio. So. I uh, went back to the drawing board and I assure you that we won't have any problems like that moving forward. So we're all just trying to get better and audio is one thing that I'll never compromise on. And uh, it should be should be good from here on out. So I hope to get your, your critiques moving forward and prove that we are adequate, if yeah. not good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, audio's always been really good on this, man. Yeah, it's uh, an important part of this whole thing. And yeah. um, if if you guys are distracted by some uh, issue with the audio, feel free to tell us because without uh, comments, it's it's sometimes hard to tell. And I usually do a sound check, but um, these episodes have been coming faster and faster. So um, one of them, I just kind of didn't hear the difference when I first listened to it and didn't catch it. So uh, we are going to get into the episode and give you our thoughts on uh, the the main, you know, general scenes and the ideas behind all these scenes that we saw in episode four. Uh, as with previous episodes, we're not going to go full breakdown moment by moment. That's kind of, uh, I feel like for this show, that's not as necessary because a lot of it is um, dialogue-based and situational, and it's not necessarily, you know, bit by bit to me there's other people that are better at that and i'm not going to try to compete with that so <laughs> we give you the content that we feel we can best serve you guys i think I, when i was looking through some of our reviews a very common thing is like these guys it sounds like a conversation and they know their stuff um i think that's what we pride ourselves on mostly is we're not here to explain everything to you yeah, we are just here to have fun talking about it, and though Spencer knows a lot more than I do about pretty much all this stuff, is in terms of the background, uh, he's he's a comic book nerd. He's not a comic book you know connoisseur that right. is, is majoring yeah. in that for his no. his life. No, yeah. so we we try not to talk down to anybody because well, I'm learning this every step of the way, and he's always uh, taking on yeah. new information. Always learning too, man. Like. I mean, that's like the pursuit of life, right? Like if you get to a point where you're like that involved with comics where you feel like you can talk down to everybody else, then like, well, what are you doing? Like, I feel like the passion's gone at that point. 
and the love for it's gone because you're just consumed. So, yeah, man, we're always uh, always learning and reading or watching stuff and just kind of going at it, you know, like bit by bit and taking everything you can. Um, and just like we're both very passionate about it, so we just love it. So a lot of times with these podcasts, it's literally like maybe we didn't sit and watch the episode together. So it's like this podcast is like us conversing either while watching it or directly after watching it. Just what our ideas are or whatever. And it's fun. I, I love it because we we've been doing this for a long time now, like way before the podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we this structure was built eight years ago. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. It's um, crazy to my think. Freshman year of college. Um more than eight years now jeez. yeah so uh yeah this is this is our fun outlet and that's uh that's kind of how we come to you guys is through just our interpretation our fun with it is your fun and if nobody listens or if everybody listens either way we're still gonna do it so though it takes a little bit of effort to hit record and and do the editing the majority of what we do is is speak and so if we're going to do it already we figure if other people enjoy it we'll we'll let them in and <laughs> so with that hawkeye episode four credits roll to begin and the screen goes black for the moment and we are face to face with jack and his sword and hawkeye and i was wrong but right like it actually turned out to be almost uh what are you doing in my house not like a oh my god we caught the killer kind of a thing mhm and so jack in this episode really boy he's good <laughs> cuz he can't tell anymore is this guy yeah. just a silly goofy guy that likes swords that you know happened to be a part of this whole thing or is he a murdering madman that is hiding behind the uh, the mask of of this uh, confused non English speaking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who is he? You know, and and so that first scene really became a a fun family you know tie in while Hawkeye is essentially escorted out the door in a very curious way. But what what were your thoughts with this scene? I mean, there was a lot to take in here. I think, honestly, my thoughts during this scene actually come up later because there's a scene in this episode that, like, perfectly, I think, grasps exactly what everyone feels about Jack right now. And that's the scene where it's literally just Kate, Jack, and her mom, and, like, Jack is like being all like suave and stuff like this with the mom and like they're in love and stuff like that and they're happy and you see Kate and she's like actually smiling and she's like enjoying this fact that like her mom's in love again you know and then that smile slowly starts to fade over time the more Jack speaks and that's just how I feel like anytime he's on the screen, it's like you never really know what you're going to get. You don't know if he's going to be like all of a sudden, haha, I'm the assassin. 
and you know I'm about to cut somebody up or just some like weird corny line that comes out of his mouth that's like just kind of funny in the moment and so he's a he's a very confusing character yeah I don't know I'm back and forth between this thing it it just kind of felt like he was really over the top with this you know like the aphorism thing and um he just doesn't seem like the guy that he's portraying seems inauthentic in a way yeah and then we we're kind of you know she's she's enjoying the two of them and to my perspective i saw her shields kind of go down and basically saying in her head okay you know maybe i'm the crazy one and they're just you know two people having fun and then when clint brought up that no jack's dirty good call she was almost like disappointed mm-hmm. um if not befuddled um because i think she thought deep down like yeah jack's something weird going on there and he had the uh whatever that thing was called the caramel thing and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Butterscotch, butterscotch butterscotch yeah but i think that by this time she was just like okay maybe maybe it's just a weird coincidence and there's you know odd things going on and then clint's like no there's he's dirty he's just like the ceo he's basically running this thing and uh yeah so during that scene it's kind of cool to see Haley just like be herself clint not clint kate geez it's too many names <laughs> um kate was just kind of herself and and the guards were down and she didn't have to be superhero kate and uh, i don't know it was, it was kind of fun to see and but the, my biggest takeaway from the scene was it felt it felt like um, Eleanor knew Clint. Yeah. I, I didn't know absolutely. where from. And she wasn't talking. The thing she was saying was not in that she knew Clint. That, that was not the, the things that were actually coming out of her mouth. But the way she was expressing them, it just seemed like she is aware of way more than we think she knows about Clint. Yeah. I don't know if he knows her at all. I just, I don't, I don't get that feeling, but she just seems like she knows a little too much. And then she called somebody right after to let them know that like they have trouble or something. I can't remember exactly what she said, but you know, who's she reporting to? Kind of similar to Falcon and Winter Soldier when um, Sharon called, you know, somebody the power broker right? to let them know yeah what we thought was the power broker right to let them know that something was going on and there was trouble mm-hmm. a lot of parallels there but um i don't know i just got the heebie-jeebies when she was escorting him out yeah and uh, almost like threatening in a way saying do you have children mm-hmm. even though it seems like a harmless thing to say but it just didn't feel right with me it didn't sit right with me well that question being brought up gets tied into later on in the episode, which I think is awesome. Uh, There's a lot of like parallels and stuff with the story in this specific episode. Because yeah, she asks like, do you have children? And it really is like a loaded question when you watch it like a second time and you know what happens in the end of the episode. Um, Because my, my thought process is that she's calling Wilson Fisk like immediately. 
because we know that like the security uh, corporation or whatever is like a front for all this like dirty money and stuff like that. And we know that there's somebody that's above the tracksuits and Jack is like the second in command who is above uh, Echo. So like, yeah, it's like it's obvious that like she knows too much because she's probably been working with Fisk in some way, you know, and she probably I'm going to say it. She probably has another identity in the show. Like, like working in the shadows, kind of like a, uh, well, I, I think that correlation from Falcon and the Winter Soldier is actually really good, uh, because she is very, I, I, th- I think she's going to be more like that Sharon Carter character, where in the end, it'll be revealed at some point, you know, like episode six or whatever, maybe we get a cool end credit scene with her, uh, something along those lines, um, so yeah, I definitely think she's calling Wilson Fisk there. Um Yeah, this this episode was crazy, man. Like there's here, there's a lot of stuff that's like little moving parts throughout. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like stuff that happened in episode 1 that's Never finally kind of coming around. You know, oh, man. So this, with hmm. you saying that she's reporting to Wilson um Kingpin, do you think what was the kerfuffle between her and Armand? And is that something that she um, is doing on behalf of Kingpin? Is there something like early in episode one that it was kind of like thrown away, but she was she was fighting with Armand over yeah. something. And it seems like they've been fighting for qu- quite a while. Do you think that's on behalf of a Kingpin thing? Or maybe that was just a what it is, you know? Uh, it, it could be something along the lines of like maybe Armand is in like business that is rival to her and Jack or maybe he knows more than he should have about Fisk and kind of knows what's going on and you know it's like he was related to Jack so like and he cares about them and like you get that when he's talking about them uh, to to Kate, so it's like he cares about them, and if he knows something's like shady that's going on, like he's gonna be mad about it. But the problem is, is that they're like sociopaths or something. Like they're just crazy, and because he knows too much, it's like oh well, we gotta kill him off. You know, it's not like oh we can be rational about this, and you know, no, nah, we just gotta kill him off because he knows too much. So I got that kind of vibe from it. I have this odd feeling that Jack doesn't love Eleanor. Like he's actually no. just using her. Yeah. Um, her power and her wealth and status and everything. It's all a play, which is um, kind of funny because we see that that's like the opening scene of the show, is Hawkeye going to a play. I think they're all musical, yeah. <laughs> but like it's all it's just all an act. He did. He did sing. Yeah. Um, but the question then would be to me. Is she in on it too? Probably. Like, uh, is she aware that they're not like well a couple? They're just facading yeah. around, or is he actually being fake, genuine, and tricking her into thinking that she is the love of his life? Let's because there's a very quick marriage too, and might be marrying into the money. I don't know. Uh, I I think it's both. 
I think there is an element of them like kind of caring about each other, maybe being in love, but it's a power grab nonetheless, because when you go back to episode one, when we see Kate's dad, like they're arguing basically about money and Kate's dad got them in some trouble. They've got to sell some stuff. They got to sell the house and possibly stuff like that. Her getting in with Jack, whether it's through love or Arranged money, it's, it, it's like this benefits both of us. You know what I mean? Like, uh, because I get the feeling too that like Eleanor has been doing shady stuff for a long time now. Like, I honestly get the idea, I get the feeling that she probably killed the dad in episode one. Yeah, and somebody killed him. <laughs> yeah, so it's possible, man, she was probably seeing Jack on the side before this and well, knew that there's this, time. like, power element, you know, where uh, Jack maybe was... Uh, grasping for power early on because like we know that he's like in this wealthy family and in a lot of those situations man it's dog eat dog so like you're constantly looking for power and if it's possible he aligned himself with Wilson Fisk years ago and maybe somewhere along the line Eleanor crossed paths with him and they might not have fallen in love at that point or whatever, or they might not have ever fallen in love, but at this moment now, it's like you can see both sides of it. I, I definitely think Jack is like putting on a huge like facade and trying to pull the wool over everyone's eyes. Um, but at the same time, it's like maybe they really are in love. Maybe it's because of that that they are. I'm switching back and forth a lot because I I'm getting this feeling and I've gotten a lot of those and most of them are wrong <laughs> but I'm getting a feeling that Eleanor is somehow going to be involved in saving Kate's life by the end of this thing I don't uh. know why I don't know what I'm getting but every instinct is telling me that Eleanor is no good which is why I'm thinking she's not going to end up being the bad guy um, that's just like how my brain is working. And I, I see her as a bad character who ultimately will do the right thing. That's just how I'm seeing it mm. at the moment. I think Jack, they're like, they're just going back and forth with Jack. They're, they're trying to trick us both ways. Yeah. And I don't think he's the ultimate bad man either. No. And I don't think Kingpin's going to be the ultimate bad bad guy in this series either. I, and I don't think it's Echo. So I'm wondering like who no. is the See, that's the final like person in Hawkeye. Like who's the main villain here? And I don't I don't think Kingpin's I think he's too big to be the the main villain. I don't think that's I think that that's right that Kingpin would be the the villain. Um you could honestly say in some in some weird way, like depending on how you want to frame the series, Ronan is a bad guy. Like Ronan is oh, the sure. bad guy of the series because the actions that it's like actions and consequences, basically, you know, had Ronan not done all of these things, then all of these things would have never happened, you know? So 
the my my biggest thing with this series is you know we we saw that straightforward stuff with Falcon and Winter Soldier where it was like we just got done with WandaVision we're in between from Loki we kind of expected Loki to be pretty crazy because of the time elements and stuff like that um how does the multiverse shift and shape stuff in Hawkeye if it does because I don't think that this show to me I, I I can't see this show ending straightforward you well, know what I mean here's here's the first question this coming week and we'll get deeper into this but Spider-Man comes out on Thursday yeah Hawkeye comes out on Wednesday right will there be overlap within the final week that's what I'm saying I think so I would right? think so too and I think it's going to match up moment for moment at some point yeah um the only uh, problem with that is there's gonna be a lot of people that aren't able to see spider-man for five six days because of big cities and sellouts and so i they can't spoil anything in episode six so it'd have to be it would have to work the other way whatever would happen in episode six would have to impact spider-man but i don't think they're gonna do that so no i i, I say episode five they would have something. I don't because think I they'd think want to do that, though. It, I, the potential to spoil people is too high. But so yeah, it had to, it'd have to be something well, not not groundbreaking. It would depend on what you mean by spoiling, like giving something away that's going to happen in one of the other movies or series. That's what my definition definition would be there. So let's uh let's back this up a bit. All right, like let's do a scenario. Episode five, we have. Uh, a second confrontation with Yelena and Clint Barton, right? And Yelena's getting the upper hand. Kate comes in to try to save her. Echo and her fight again. All of a sudden, Daredevil comes in and whips up on Yelena or whoever, right? And kind of like prevents that from happening. And then we see Matt Murdock in Spider-Man. Is that like a spoiler spoiler? I think it's just much less likely than seeing like J. Jonah Jameson on screen or something. Like I, I just don't think they're gonna go farther than that because mm. I think it's too much to rely on the very not casual, but the people that are just going to see the movie when they see the movie, um, but are like staying at home because they have families and they don't they want to go out to theaters, but they want to watch Hawkeye because they have the TV and they have a family. Yeah. Um, I just think they're going to be very careful with that and not overstep that. But I could definitely see that would make sense to me because that would give us perspective on when this is taking place because mm-hmm. the, the exact moment, that's going to be used by a lot of things in my opinion, um, the J. Jonah Jameson moment where he comes on and he's you know in his Alex Jones outfit and he's <laughs> talking about the <laughs> Spider-Man is Peter Parker. and Yeah. Um, I think that's what I'm expecting in episode five or six, if we get anything. Um, but yeah, we could see uh, a Daredevil appearance. That wouldn't be a spoiler to me. That would just be he happens to be in both series mm-hmm. uh, and movie, or he's not in Spider-Man and he's in Hawkeye or one or the other. Yeah, um, no guarantee either way. Um, I'm just having trouble seeing the final fight. That's where my brain is, is right. really struggling because I don't. I don't think Kingpin's going to come out swinging at people. I just don't. I f- feel like him in an actual confrontation 
in person is something that we need to wait for. That's just how Marvel usually operates. Yeah. Um, I could see Jack as a swordsman in a fight, but I don't think he's like the final fighting boss either. So like I'm I'm looking for another villain because we've got Yelena and we've got Hawkeye and we've got Kate. Echo is one, Jack is another. Now what? Or is Yelena going to continue to spew hatred through the entire series? One thing that we're kind of missing out on, though, is like, who came to Yelena with information? Val. Who did Val also speak to? Okay, I could see that. You know what I mean? Like, what if we get some kind of like group at the end? Where you got like John Walker, Yelena, and whoever else she decided to. And that's like the big reveal is that this is this new team. um, Would, in your opinion, who knows? Um, would Yelena be? Would because, Yelena what, realize that Clint's not the bad guy, or would she? Would she a not realize b, not care either way because she's still just ticked off, or c, she's just rehabbed good person and just decides to join this team. What do you think is most likely? Well, judging from uh, John Walker, like I think it's something similar. It's like a gray area character, you know. Um, maybe we get that scene with her and Hawkeye in like episode six or whatever, where Hawkeye's like, look, you know, I didn't kill her. Right. You know, like, and they had this conversation about what happened, but I think the, the end will be the end. Maybe John Walker does the typical John Walker thing and like prevents that from happening because he's just over aggressive. You know what I mean? And we don't get that closure of Hawkeye and Yelena actually having that conversation. So it never happens. So Yelena is kind of forced into this gray area. So, yeah, I mean, this show, I, I think that that's actually the most likely outcome of this show. And I'll, t- and I'll say it's because why would they be setting these things up in the first place, you know, if they're not going to act on it? And they've got the pieces in play already, number it's one. Common. But... The biggest part of this is that this Hawkeye show is showing you Kate Bishop's run. Kate Bishop's beginnings and where the heck is this going to go? And we all know, if you know Kate Bishop at all, you know where it's going. You, we're getting the Young Avengers, right? Which would be my most likely. I like where you're going with things, too. Yeah. But I think I would I would steer towards Young Avengers in a final episode appearance. Because that's what need, there has to be a catalyst for the Young Avengers to even begin. Right. And I think that maybe that's the catalyst is that there's this. That's an opponent. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. It. I like it. It seems a little bit premature, and so does Young Avengers, just because they there are pieces in place, but you still need, um, perhaps Red Hulk, um, or you know Sergeant Ross or whatever's happening there. Right. Um. Abomination still is kind of in limbo, mm-hmm. uh, but you know maybe we could see that. I could see a post-credit scene involving them. Absolutely, actually, I think that'd be quite interesting with Val basically just getting them together, and almost like the Thanos. I'll do it myself. Like nothing actually happens, but you get right. The, oh my God, it's happening. Yeah. Moment. Um, I could also see. I don't know how they would do this because Captain America, Falcon, um, Sam Wilson, was on TV and 
inspired a lot of people through his speech. So I don't think they would do a, a Kate TV scene where like you see all the young Avengers watching or something. Mm-hmm. But that'd be interesting too. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think? Do you think the young Avengers would be spawned by like Maria Hill or something, or like who would, who would like initially start finding these people and putting them together? You know, is that person even in the MCU yet? You think? That's uh, that's interesting. I think it could be Hawkeye. Like okay. Clint Barton, Hawkeye. Maybe he's the one, you know. Um, it seems like he's just done, you know. Yeah, and it also could be Laura, because <laughs> yeah, what's she doing? She what is going on with her? That's right. something we're gonna have to discuss in a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's very, very possible that she's like Mockingbird or something like that. You know what I mean? And if that's the case, then like, holy cow like this is gonna be crazy because it's very clear that like throughout all of this when you see the scenes with Laura it's like she's never disappointed and she's always like like she knows ahead of time like she knows ahead of time and she's always like willing you know what I mean like she's super supportive yeah you know And, and it's like supportive to a fault like no other wife that's not like even if you're into the superhero gig, you know, like you're married to a superhero, like it's still disappointing. It's still like, there's still some element of like, you're feeling like lost and like, you know, like we've just watched the two Thor movies and, you know, you see Jane Foster and her reactions to Thor and stuff like that. That's actually like more real than what we're seeing with Laura. So it's almost like Laura like knows the superhero life a little bit too much. You know, so maybe there's something to this. Do you think she's going out at night and fighting crime? No, no. <laughs> I just think that she's, it's possible. It's very possible. Well, she's got the kids, I guess. Yeah. Um, and maybe How does that's she know why. German? I mean, yeah, she's I know, a smart right? woman. It's not like it's, she could be doing Rosetta Stone for all we know, but. Yeah, she could have taken it up. Odd. And also why, we'll address this stuff later, but why are they talking in German over the phone? To hide right from the in kids. front of the kids. Right. Like what if that's the kids not hiding anything? They they're they're speaking in German. They know something's up. Yeah. And they know their dad's Hawkeye. Like yeah. that's not whatever. I well, guess yeah. they're protecting them from knowing too much. But yeah, the kids. Right. Why do you think they don't know German? Right. So anyway, um, back to this episode. This God, this could be three hours long. <laughs> um, mm. So Winter Soldier was in Wakanda. We saw the scene. Where, uh, oh man, I can't remember her name right now, but Nakia. Nope. Uh, who the heck? It's not Akoya, uh, and it's not Nakia. It's the other one. Yeah, I. It's the the main. I can't. Warrior of Wakanda. Yeah, I can't remember. Neither. Uh, somebody's like banging their head. I know, the right, right man? They're like it's these really guys. Hard. It's like playing names. prices or uh, Jeopardy. Like it's all good until you get on the TV show. And then you write the answer, and it's not what not is. that I know. Or who is. Anything about the TV show. You know. <laughs> what is her name? Anyway, he he was told the, the code words, and she slowly brought the Winter Soldier out of Bucky mm. and rehabilitated him. And we talked about how, like, this was a scene that showed us 
a different Bucky and a different Sebastian. And it really kind of hit hard emotionally, not just because the scene was heavy and everything, but it was a moment that we've never gotten before. Yeah. And it really kind of takes you back, um, takes you aback, I suppose. And uh, in my opinion, that's what we got here with Clint in the next scene where he goes to his place and he's all alone and something Jack said, um, funny enough, spurred Kate to realize nobody should be alone uh, over Christmas break or whatever you want to call it for them. Yeah. And so she took a bunch of stuff and pizza and things over to Clint's house or apartment and she's like, hey, nobody should be alone. Let's watch you know Christmas movies and stuff. And she, of course, they don't even watch the movies, really. They just pop it on like any normal person. And they start talking. And he accidentally brought up the time in which he did not kill Natasha, Black Widow. Yeah. And she she was asking about his best shot because she's like, she's kind of awestruck. He's a, he's her superhero. And uh, and he was reluctant to to say anything about it until she pushed him, and then he revealed that, you know, he was sent to kill Black Widow, Natasha, and when he saw her, he couldn't do it because he felt like there was somebody trying to get out. Was basically his words. Yeah. And the emotion that he really put into the scene, um, the reaction from Kate, in kind of a heartfelt, wow. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, she didn't know what to do. She was a little bit awkward in that way. Um, and then as she pushes a little bit more and he reveals that he was the Ronin, you just could feel Clint's character, I mean, going through it. Yeah. It was really an emotional moment and scene. And I think that was the therapy session that Bucky needed that Clint needs, that all of these superheroes need because they do kill people. They do um, go out and and cause harm to others indirectly. Mm -hmm. And they live with it every day. And uh, this was just a scene that I didn't think we were going to get. And each TV show continually gives us this. Um, We saw it in Loki when he was faced with his own mistakes and he broke down. I mean... Every TV show has given us this scene, this moment of self-reflection and grief, and this was Clint's time. I mean, how did it hit you? Same thing. What I also loved about it, too, is the juxtaposition of Clint and Kate. And you see this throughout the series. Every one of them, you see this. You see see Wanda going through all of this stuff, right? But the kids are eager. The kids are eager to use their powers, right? right? When you get to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you see Bucky who's going through it and he's in the rehabilitation process. But you see Sam that's eager to fight, eager to be that guy. And Loki, same thing. It's like this constant juxtaposition of I've been through this you don't want to go through this you don't want to go down this path but then there's that spark in the other person 
that's like, no, I want to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing left for me. You know, like, think about yeah. Kate's character. Like, she's been, like, she's already been doing this. You know, she hasn't killed people, sure. But she's been through all of the training in basically how to kill somebody. <laughs> you know? And so, if anybody's ready to take that step, it would be her. She's got just a good a shot, you know? And... But it's so, it's more pronounced than this scene. It's much more pronounced than this scene, I think. Because Kate's like learning from it. And even with that, you know, we see this later in the end of the episode. Even with that, you know, heartfelt uh, retelling of the story and expression of emotion that you get from Clint Barton's character that we've never really had other than in like Endgame. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Even with all of that, like Kate's still like, nah, like I got your back, you know, and it's, it's almost like, you know, telling somebody not to go skydiving <laughs> and then you look at their Google search history and they're like doing all this research on skydiving and you're like, dude, don't do it, you know? But at some point you've just gotta be like, Fine. You know what? Just do it. Like you if you want it that bad, do it. And I think that's basically what we're gonna have here. Like Clint is so reluctant to inspire Kate enough to take that mantle, to take that step forward. But Kate isn't just going to like roll over and like not do it. You know what I mean? Like we've seen this throughout the series too, where he's like, oh, you're just, you're not going to do that, are you? <laughs> and she ends up, you know, falling into his lap basically while he was being interrogated or, you know, other things. So, uh, but just anytime we have that retelling of the story between him and Black Widow, it's, it's tough, man. Because it's still fresh. Like, you got to put it into perspective. Like, this is the first stuff that we've had since Endgame. You know, whether it's WandaVision or Loki. These are the first, you know, uh, movies and series that we've had since then. We haven't seen much since Endgame. No. So, all of this stuff is still fresh, you know? It's tough very tough and every single one of these series and movies it's hitting on a different character so like this series it's definitely hitting on the Black Widow character like we had that a little bit in the Black Widow movie but that movie was set before the events of Endgame yeah that's so, that's why there was a little bit of a lack of emotion in that one yeah unfortunately and you know the emotions hit but it hit at the end of the movie yeah, and it was like end. oh my gosh you know and like, don't get me wrong, like, it was still overwhelming, you know, like, man, it brought me to tears, which is easy these days, but <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, every single thing that we've had since Endgame has hit on a different character, whether it's Spider-Man and Iron Man, you know, Wanda and Vision, uh, Bucky and, and Sam with Steve, we're finally in that, that process of kind of going through that grieving process 
with the uh, Natasha Romanoff character. So, yeah, it's tough. Shortly after that, um, he said, thank you. I was, like, in a way, I was so happy he thanked her. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, please say something to her. And, and he said, I really appreciate what you did, which is so not his character. He's yeah. so stoic. And she's kind of breaking down his walls a little bit. And, I, I mean, I'm sure he kind of sees her as his kid before he just saw her as, like, an annoying little fan. Um, but she, he's getting to know her as a person now. Um, but we got to see he's having nightmares about um, Natasha and when he was unable to like save her. And I think it's quite obvious he still has guilt over that fight and not being able to be the one to die because he truly believes he should have been the one to die because of the way he killed so many people. Yeah. He still, he feels the burden every day. And I think the only thing keeping him going is his kids. And so it's just, it's very telling. Like he, they both killed a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, they That's ironic that they have the least amount of superpowers in the whole Avengers squad. They have by but far they, the most kills. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think he's having trouble just coming to grips with, I, I'm allowed to live my life uh, afterwards. And I killed people under a separate name in which I thought I was doing the right thing in a world that don't, no longer exists. So he has oh. his right to live, you know? Yeah, but the uh, the thing that has always stuck with me, like I, I talked to a doctor that I worked for years ago, and this doctor told me something that really stuck with me for a long time. And he was like, basically saying how he's done like thousands of surgeries at this point. Like he is an older dude. And uh, he said like 99% of them went perfect. You know, never had any kind of problems or anything like that. There was maybe one person in that time frame that lost their life under his care that one person has stuck with him his entire career so like for this clint barton character even as the ronin even though it's two separate identities it's still the same guy to have to deal with this idea of how many people you've killed whether they were good or bad whatever it's still you're killing people and what we're seeing with the Echo character is the same thing. She was just a little girl, man. Like, and he killed her dad. So she was robbed of that relationship. And it led her down this path now. So once again, it's action and consequences. And unfortunately for Hawkeye, it's like, no matter what, he's going to be living with the consequences of the Ronin or even like pre-Avenger Hawkeye stuff the rest of his life, which is very, very daunting. Even though he's got the kids, even though he's got a wife, like he's, you're still seeing him having nightmares and stuff like this. Like that's just going to be the, the way that his life goes. Yeah. It's tough. It's extremely tough. And he did say 
I have to see this through because I need to end all this Ronin stuff, basically. It's closure. So yeah. he he feels as though if he can get rid of the suit, get rid of the knife or the sword, get rid of the people that don't that know about him being Ronin or or about Ronin, um, and the people that keep bringing it up, um, then maybe he can just move on and kind of fade away from the whole story because. You know, I think the Ronin is kind of like this thing that nobody really talks about because when prisoners die, you don't hear big news stories about it. Right. When underground crime people, I mean, he was killing people that were doing crimes. That was who he was killing. Yeah. Um, And so they probably secretly were like, cool, we like this guy. You know, he's doing the dirty work, so we don't have to. Yeah. So... I think they kind of swept it under the rug, though he exists and people know about him. Vigilante justice is not considered good, but it's also not like you always have a two sides. Yeah. You know? But you could take that same principle and apply it to the people he's killing, that he killed as the Ronin. A lot of these people are just victim of circumstance. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the criminals and stuff in the criminal underbelly of Hell's Kitchen and stuff like that in the Marvel comics typically were just in bad situations and needed a way out and they saw working for Kingpin or doing this or that for this uh, tracksuit mafia or whoever as a way to keep a freaking roof over their head, you know, and they've got a daughter or whoever to take care of. And it's like that whole you know, process of like, you know, man, do you, you, you kill somebody for, uh, selling drugs? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or do you kind of find a way to res- like resolve the situation without that action? And with the Ronin character, it's just like, I'm just going to kill, you know, whoever's, basically doing wrong and it was just it was justice in a sense that you know there was a lot of people who were killing folks obviously were taken off the streets and stuff like that but there's also the the random people like the random henchmen and stuff like that that were just like needed a job (laughs) and unfortunately we're in a horrible side of town and got caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time so there's two sides to that and I think that that's what honestly that's what Marvel does the best is telling you this story but then going back and saying this is like the villain perspective of it like this is why we get to this point with Echo this is why we get to this point with you know insert villain name here character you know it's a really good way of telling a story, I think, because it it kind of, you know, for the, the reader or whoever's watching it, it's like your worldview is kind of shifting as you're watching or reading this thing. And I, I, I love that idea for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the conversation surrounding the circumstances is really never ending. Um the Ronin's a, a special character. I mean, he 
Yeah. He's killed more than anybody in the entire MCU um, in as far as heroes. I mean, mm. Thanos technically, I guess, once you <laughs> reverse. Yeah. Uno reverse, he didn't really kill that many people. No. Um, so maybe he would be number one. But um, they're kind of vague. I think they said like hundreds, but maybe even upwards of a thousand um, plus. So I don't know how many people he exactly killed, but it's a lot. And, uh, yeah, it's going to follow him around. And so um, he does talk to his wife, and, you know, they're finding out uh, about the about Jack, about the tracksuits, and the watch. Yes. And the watch is the the main focus of the next main scene where and, – and by the way – one thing I don't want to jump over, it's not a really discussion, but it was pretty cool seeing him teach uh, Kate the little coin trick. Yeah, that was Loved awesome. That. that was very that cool. Was cool. Um, it, it Lighthearted moment. Little bits that teach you like, oh, he really is like skill, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. But they, they track the watch to um, an apartment, a nice little apartment in this building, and Hawkeye decides to kind of go there and makes this this plan to get in get out he didn't want um what's her name to come and was this this was after they got the the arrows back right yeah okay they got the arrows back and everything you know that was a scene but there was nothing there really um she went to the the larping you know area and basically bribed them with potential new outfits and yeah and he was really kind of upset at her he was like hey i'm i'm this is my life and you're out here playing dungeons and dragons he was just like i asked you to do this and in a way that was like a good thing because for her it was almost like he was treating her with the respect that she wants like hey you're not a kid you're my sidekick here and i asked you to get the arrows and now you're you're not even doing that and then she explained, well, the arrows on, on the right. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got their arrows back in a really nice bag that I don't know if it got destroyed or not <laughs> in the scene that uh, the, the cop really wanted back for, I think, her sister or something. But Yeah. Um, so they're, they're dual, dueling duo. They are a duo d- at d- this d- point. The d- duality of them? <laughs> no, not the duality. Uh, the, the duality of arrows. I don't know. <laughs> um, so she she says, no, I'm going to come. You can't stop me. And, and in the back of his mind, he's hearing Eleanor's words mm-hmm. of don't let my daughter die. And he's thinking, um, I've already lost enough people. Yeah. And including Black Widow. I'm not going to let this person go. But she insists. And she goes. And he is supposed to be the one that goes inside. She says, no. <laughs> she goes ahead. And so he kind of stakes out on the roof while she uh, goes right through the front door instead of climbing up and helps a man with his bags. And it was a funny scene. And I don't know why she was doing that. That frustrated me. Well, it was. was like, come on, man. Way of entry. What, no, what I'm saying is the her telling him she, she's talking to an Avenger. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Because what well, if he just craziness. says. What's that? It's just craziness. She, yeah, but yeah. if that guy calls the cops because she's being weird and crazy your cover's blown i'm like stop you know do that ridiculous 
Well, he was so freaked out by her. Now she's on his floor. She could have thought, or he could have thought she was a killer. Um, (laughs) So she makes it to the top and she is finally in this little, you know, suite and looking around, she sees these, these lights and she hits it with the little, what she calls the Play-Doh arrow and looks around the room and she sees the watch. That was easy, right? You got the watch. And she's about to leave when she notices the note with all of Clint's family uh, members yeah. on it and info on them. And she goes, hey, there's something, but he's taking notes on you here. And then uh, you hear Clint say, get out of there. And yeah. immediately you're going, uh-oh, <laughs> what just happened? Um, and in a fairly entertaining moment, um, they both basically say, hey, Echo's here. And they quickly realize that only one of them is fighting Echo and it is Kate inside of her apartment um, as Clint is ambushed by what we already knew to be Yelena in the night vision goggle outfits. Yeah. So that was a pretty cool scene and then uh, we get into the fight. So what where was your mindset at this point? That was a pretty, pretty cool uh, moment for Yelena to pop up. Yeah, it was awesome for Yelena to pop up um, and the fight scenes were incredible. I loved it, uh, but you can't skip over the fact of the watch and the family stuff. Like that's the thing that you got to talk about. Like the Yelena reveal was awesome, but that's not the biggest part of this episode. Biggest part of the episode is the the watch and them knowing the family members of of Clint Barton, because we know that Echo does not believe Clint Barton's. Uh, retelling of the events of what happened and that the Ronin was killed by Black Widow and then Black Widow died, stuff like that. We we know that she doesn't believe that. And it's not even, I don't even think it's that she doesn't believe it. It's that she doesn't want to believe it. She doesn't want it to believe it, that it's true. And uh, now Yelena's entered the fold and it's like, you know, Val probably got this information, gave it to Yelena, Yelena gave it to Echo, something like that. Or or maybe Echo was just that good in reconnaissance, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's such a crazy scene because now they know the names of the family. And this watch, this watch is interesting because this was the first thing that popped up, really. Tracksuit guys were looking for the watch in episode one when they broke into the black market thing. Out of everything there, they wanted the watch. So there's definitely some sort of... There's something about this watch that's that important because you had the Ronin sword, the Ronin suit, you had that massive like dinosaur skeleton or whatever. All of these valuable things... All of these things that would have made sense for the tracksuit mafia to go after, but they were after the Rolex. And I got some thoughts about this. Go for it, because I like, have zero. The, the Rolex... I'm, I'm lost. The Rolex could have belonged to several people. It could have either belonged to the Ronin, maybe that's why they were after it. I don't think that's the case, but it could be. The Rolex could have also been something that uh, his wife had. And maybe it's revealed that his wife is like Mockingbird or somebody like that. And that's why they're after it. Um, who knows, man? The, the Rolex could have belonged to uh, 
Natasha. Um, there, there's several people that could be tied to this watch. And maybe there's people that we don't even, that I didn't even list off. Maybe there's even more powerful people that I didn't even list off that this Rolex could have belonged to. And that's why everybody's after it. But I would say, I would say that the Rolex belonging to his wife makes the most sense because it, him being that devoted and going after it, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because he's like trying to cover up his family's identity from bad people. Maybe that's why he's so relentless in his efforts to what get this thing. What is it though? What, what is about this watch? Yeah. The, the, when the they thing. first said the watch, I was thinking it travels time. And yeah, that would be the most expensive item in the history of Oof, auctions in the world. That could be a thing too, um, yeah. But this watch is just a Rolex, so I don't think this specific one does anything with time. But I don't know, man. There's got to be something special about this thing. It's, they're not buying an Avengers watch. Oh, an Avenger owned it. Uh, there's got to be something to it. Yeah, there's got to be do? something to it. It could be a tracker of some sorts for Steve in the past. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have no clue. Maybe it does navigate time. Makes sense. It's a time piece, right? So it could be something <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was rough. Oh man. Uh, yeah, it, it could be something that, uh, some kind of time travel device. It could be some sort of, um, it, it, who knows man there's there's definitely something about it the fact that it has like a homing device too on it like where they know where it's at where they can be tracked it'd have to be owned by so, either Tony it has to be owned by somebody from the Avengers compound yeah So because all of those items came from the Avengers it really could only be right? so, seven people something like that yeah I mean if it's Clint's wife then he would have had to take it to work for whatever reason um but I don't know. I mean, my first thought was Tony Stark, of course, because he had he gave up a Rolex um, mm-hmm. for a phone call one time. What would he give it up for? Something uh, very something small. Like yeah. Overpaid by like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what. It's definitely that watch is is serious. There's something about it. I just have no clue. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm lost. I'm I'm lost on it too, in in some ways. It it's very interesting that that many people would be going after this thing like um uh, man I, I don't know it could have been a piece that belonged to uh the guy who ran the black widows that's a possibility maybe there's some kind of like controlling thing about it he did have a watch yeah he had a he had a watch he had a, a ring, ring that powered the the stuff uh yeah there could be a lot of things about this watch that are pretty crazy Uh, i just don't know yeah it's one of those wait and see type situations which is tough because like um you're you're so keyed up on it that you're like oh man i gotta know it now like i want (laughs) to it's just like when these episodes end you know like when episode four ended, I was like, no, <laughs> I want more. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, totally. so, um, I have some thoughts about this fight scene, but I figured you could lead this one. 
Um, oh. Because there's a lot here. Yeah. Um, so you can you can set the tone, set the scene. This is this is a very interesting scene. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff like with um, like Clint kind of knows who he's fighting after a while just by seeing who, what is going on, what kind of moves are being used. And he's like, oh, this is a Black Widow assassin, like from the get-go. And he doesn't yep. know who it is. That's the thing that's intriguing, too. He Like, he knows who it is after it's revealed, but he's like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm fighting a Black Widow. Okay. And so... So I have a question there. How does he know Yelena? Like, where did they cross paths? It would have had to have been something that him and Natasha talked about. Okay. Because I wasn't convinced even after the scene that he knew who she was. I got a feeling he knew who she was because he said a Black Widow assassin, but he had this look on his face well, like, I know who this is. She, she threw a know. widow's bite. Well, yeah, that too. So it, it, obviously a Black Widow assassin is the only one that has access to that. Yeah. Um, and he would know that from being with Natasha. But but being with Natasha, she would have also probably let him in on some stuff about that because of how close they were. You know, I what was I mean? thinking like, that too, but there's also the possibility that she didn't say nothing. True. I don't know. True. I, but also in a way, I'm not sure it matters if he knows it's Elena or not at this it, point. It might not. Mm-hmm. I, I think it actually adds if he doesn't know. It adds a lot more if he doesn't know that that's Yelena or who she is. Because then you have that reveal, you know, you have that moment possibly later on where Yelena talks to him. Yeah, you killed my sister. You killed my, exactly, right. Then he's like, wait, what? Like, she didn't have a (laughs) sister? He'd be like, uh, which one? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which one? I I killed a lot of sisters. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but the fight scene... Uh, the, the, the thing that really, really, really stuck out to me too was, um, I would say that like, you want to write it down and reveal at the same time? <laughs> Not literally. Cause I don't have anything to write with, but go ahead. I'm following you. I'll be honest if, if we, if we hit the same one. Okay. Uh, my, well, my biggest thing is it, it's not even the fighting. It's, it's that like Kate is about to fall and like Clint grabs her to prevent her from falling and he literally just has a flashback of Natasha and that like ticks him off so like towards the end of the fight he's like no like you've got to leave because this is number one this is an assassin I can't have you dying and I almost felt like I already lost you there so it's very emotional for for them yeah um so well there was two of those yeah that one Mm mm-hmm where he looks over the side, and I mean, it was like clockwork. She was falling in the exact same pattern, and he reaches over with the same look. Yeah. And Natasha is laying on the ground, not laying on the ground. She's falling with her arms spread a certain way, and Kate is falling and same lands way. in kind of the same way. Um, and then later, a separate flashback is when she has an open shot at Elena, and she could have taken her out mm-hmm. um, but after one night ago basically being told the best shot he ever took was the one he didn't take she decides I'm gonna let this person go I, yeah. I, I see in their face they're they're not doing anything wrong I'm I'm juxtaposed I don't know what I'm doing I just almost used the big word I barely know um, <laughs> she's kind of she has a good heart 
Yeah. And she just has a feeling that I shouldn't take this shot. And so it's really cool to see those two storylines come to a head in their own ways. I mean, how beautiful was that in that moment? Yeah. So awesome. So awesome. Uh, her not taking the shot was definitely one of the bigger moments because it's, it also shows growth because I think one of the reasons that Clint Barton doesn't want Kate Bishop to go down this road is that that road could potentially lead to a Ronan situation, you know, like what happens if, you know, somebody kills Eleanor, right? later on down the line after the Young Avengers have already been established and all this stuff, what happens if something like that? You know what I mean? Like, then Kate Bishop goes rogue. It's the same thing as Ronan, you know? So, I think that's one of those things where, like, Clint doesn't want her to go down that that road. And it's also having blood on your ledger, having red in your ledger, you know? Like, it's like he doesn't want her to take that shot either because it's like, man... Like, if you do that, if you kill somebody, like, that's going to stick with you just like it stuck with me all these years. Right. So, yeah, it was definitely the right move for many reasons, but those would be the ones that, that stick out the most. Yeah, I just thought the the storytelling within the, the scene yeah. was phenomenal. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're going through these TV shows, it's – just scene by scene, the things that you're able to get out of this are really quite incredible um, on an emotional level. And which leads us to really the final part, as you were saying, he he sees, oh my God, I almost let you die. Yeah. And he does that thing that I kind of hate in movies and TV shows where it, instead of saying, I can't lose you, you need to go home. He said he almost turns into like a jerk for a moment. And he's like, just go away. Yeah. You know? And I, I hate that. It's so cliche. Yeah. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, he's just like, he's like, I'm not going to give you up for, for no reason. You know, I'm going to make sure that you get home safe tonight. Please leave mm-hmm. um, in a less enthusiastic uh, or less nice way, I should say. So she goes home and that's, that's what we're left with for the week. Yeah. So, it comes down to what's left. <laughs> well, let's see. We've got Echo. Got Yelena. Yeah, let's Kingpin. do like we did before. Where is everybody? Yeah. Echo, they all just fought. They all just fought. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, we're done. <laughs> right. Pretty much the four main characters were all on the same rooftop. And, yeah. Uh, well, Echo, yeah, Echo was over there too. So Echo goes away mm-hmm. and Yelena goes away. Let's talk about that for a moment. Why did Yelena just leave? She had him where she wanted him, and then Haley, Haley, Kate had a shot at her. Was that her just regrouping? Or yeah. okay, yeah, I think it's her regrouping. She was just like she did a little front flip and yeah. then <laughs> front handspring off the building. She's like, I'm good. Did well, it's job. like she didn't complete the mission, but she set the tone. She, yeah, you know what I mean. I got you. Yeah. And it was obvious at that point that, like, they had the upper hand. So it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to bounce, regroup, and then I'm going to wait till you're alone, separated, and I'm going to kill Clint Barton, basically. 
Okay. So I think that's what it is. I mean, that makes sense to me. So mm-hmm. now we have Yelena coming after Clint still. Yeah. We've got Kate being put on the bench. Um, we've got Clint still relentless in the mission. Needing of the watch. to yeah yeah needing to pursue this, um, and protect himself. For that matter, where did the watch end up at the end of the episode? I think he has it, right? Pretty sure. I don't know. Maybe Elena has it. Maybe that's why she bounced. But I, I, I think Hawkeye has it. I think Clint Barton has it. Okay, that yeah. would be interesting. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think you're closer to a prediction than I am. But what's, what's coming? What's on the way? Uh, Elena Clint Barton Part Two. I think. Okay. Um, but I think they might have a conversation at this point. I think that there's something about it that's going to, you know, maybe they don't fight at all. Maybe he just goes to a secluded area and kind of gets that feeling like Winter Soldier does when he knows that he's being tracked by the Wakandans, like, mm-hmm. of like, all right, I'm going to just go to the secluded place and we're just going to talk. And I think in this episode five, we'll probably get more Kate and Jack stuff than we will anything else. Um, and maybe a little bit of Kingpin, like not in that we'll see him, we'll see him, but we'll get more of like a little bit of like some backstory stuff with him potentially in this now episode. That'd be interesting. Um, because I think Kate's going to do a deep dive potentially and to see exactly what's going on because there's still this element of like not knowing exactly what's involved. What's what exactly is it at play? It's like, oh, well, Jack's tied up with this or that, but it's like, well, how is it? You know what I mean? Like, how bad is Jack? And so, yeah, I think that there's um, potentially some kind of stuff with Kate and Jack specifically going on in this episode, maybe. Uh, and then, like I said, yeah, Clint and Elena. Um, I don't know what to t- what to make with Echo at the moment. Because it seems like she was kind of, well, I mean, she was defeated. You know, you don't want to, if she's going to be that final boss fight, she's already lost. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, right. It's kind of like booking Brock Lesnar, something like that and having him lose. And then you're trying to build him up again. It's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, that's true. So, uh, with Echo, I mean, she's getting a TV series, is she not? Yes. So that's a good point. It's it's possible that we. I wouldn't say that we don't see her the rest of the series, but it's possible that we don't see her in this episode. Maybe, maybe not. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a not a genius with my predictions, <laughs> as the tape will tell you. All right. <laughs> but uh, I definitely think we get the conversation type stuff with with uh Clint and Yelena in this episode. I could definitely see it. I'm I'm definitely struggling for like an even like a fifty percent prediction. I just I don't know what's to come. I'm just excited. I can't Me too. wait to see it. Me too. Um we will have a episode coming out for you on uh on Wednesday. 
Yeah. We'll have a recap the day of, which is exciting. It's going to be the first time in a little while that we'll have it instantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, please let us know if you have any thoughts, if you guys want to hear anything else. Um, There's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to do our best to you know bring you the best content we possibly can. And uh, just uh, join us for the ride. We're going to keep going with this as, as much as we can and have fun. Um, yeah. That's the, the ultimate goal here. So uh, any last th- thoughts for our, our viewers? No, man. I mean, um, <laughs> just uh, yeah, viewers. <laughs> um, it's like yeah hit us up on social media you know we're on Facebook Instagram Twitter uh, I think it's all at the Marvel Guys podcast or mm-hmm. something along those lines um, and obviously we got a big one coming up with uh, the Facebook stuff with the live streams we do on Saturday Infinity War Sat- uh, Infinity Saga Saturdays mm-hmm. uh, we've got uh Winter Soldier movie coming up Captain America the Winter Soldier that's going to be awesome it's one of the best films that they've done, I feel like. It's still like top five to me. So um I'm excited for this stuff, man. It's gonna, it's be, gonna fun. be a blast. Yeah. We can't wait to uh to do this next episode and then we got a few others coming out your way. Oh man. So um yeah. we will we will talk to you soon. We'll see you next time and uh hope you enjoy the next episode. Peace. Peace.